Welcome to the Rich Man Podcast with me, your host, corporate dropout turned seven-figure CEO in 18 months, Melanie Aubert. I'm a business coach that's determined to normalize women and wealth. We are completely ditching the old, outdated boys club way of running a business, and I'm teaching you the new way of attraction marketing, soulful selling, and wealth embodiment. Instead of marrying the rich man, we are the rich man. Get comfortable, get ready, and let's dive in. Welcome back to the Rich Man Podcast. We are officially in a new month, which means there's a new theme coming at you, coming your way. The month of February is all about money mindset. It's all about abundance. It's all about how we see money, play with money, feel money, generate money in our businesses and our lives I'm very excited. The topic of money has transformed my life. As most of you know, I grew up in poverty and I grew up with a very specific idea of what money is, the kind of people who have money, uh, the narratives, how I watch my, my parents handle their money, the list goes on. What we don't realize is, and there's an example that T. Harv Ecker gives, and I'm like obsessed with this example. He says... Imagine that you are writing a letter on your computer, okay? You open up Google Doc and you're just typing on away. And then you go and you print out this letter. And when you print out the letter and you're holding the hard copy in your hand, you realize there's a typo. And when you see the typo, you decide to take an eraser and you try to erase the typo on, the, on that piece of paper. And as you can imagine, it's not erasing. So you decide to go back to the store and buy an even bigger eraser. And you use this bigger eraser and you're, and you're erasing it even harder. And still, to no avail, this typo is still not disappearing. Then you decide to go buy a very fancy course on how to professionally erase on a hard copy. And you take the course, you become a master at erasing things with a giant eraser. And still you go back to this hard copy and you try to erase it still. And nothing is happening. When we know, looking at this example of like, hello, just go back to this to, to the Google Doc and just, you know, change it and then reprint it, like hello. This is what we do in our businesses when it comes to not understanding that the inner work is critical. The inner work is the software, is the Google Doc, is where you have to go back to the source, right? Go back to the internal you and make a correction before we can actually see it manifest in a physical form. When it comes to money, this is critical, which is why I love this example so much. We think that in business, it's a, okay, I need to be doing more. Uh, I need to repeat a bunch of mantras to myself and, and do all these things to change the hard copy of what we're experiencing, right? Getting to the next income level, generating more cash flow, whatever that is for you, whatever dollar amount or, or a monthly income that your, your eyeballs are set on, we think that it is trying to change the hard copy, right? Erasing what is already there. This never works. This is why the money mindset, going back to our money algorithms, I like to call them, this is why it's so important because we need to change it at the source. The reason why manifestation is so difficult for most of us is number one, we want instant gratification. And we know that trying to erase it on the, uh, trying to erase the typo on the hard copy would provide instant gratification if it did erase it. But we know the work is actually required to go back to the source, to do the inner work, and then watch as that translates into the outer world, right? So in manifestation, especially when it comes to money, we don't realize that most of what we do is subconscious. 
Matt and I love the 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 movie where Bradley Cooper takes that magical pill and then he activates 100% of his brain or whatever that's whatever that is. We know that we only use a good like 5 to 10%. I think it's 5% of our brain. We only actively use 5% of our brain. So the question becomes like, what the hell do we do with other 95%? Like, what, why is it like that? Like where, what is the other 95%? What is it useful for? We don't realize that the 95% of, of what we are experiencing, right? The 95 subconscious us is the, the Google doc, right? The, the written out algorithm, it's the software. The 95% of our subconscious is all of our coding around money. It's our coding around life in general, right? We're literally just walking around responding to things because of how we have been programmed to respond. We consider those trauma responses. We have responses to everything. And it usually is tied back to something in our algorithm. An example of this is, so it, our, our active 5% of our, of our brain, okay, is what we're conscious of. It's our awareness, that 95% of our, of our existence, of our brain, is actually really driving the show if we're not aware of it. The reason why manifestation or manifesting more abundance in your business feels difficult is because you're not aware of what 95% of your algorithm actually exists currently with money. We don't pay attention to where we are responding from our coding versus responding from the 5% of us that is actually conscious. Let me give you an example. When a client, or let's not, not even a client, when someone in your DM says, hey, sign me up, I, I want to join this thing. And then you send them the link to join and they don't join yet. And then the thought in your head becomes, they're not going to join. It was a fluke. See, told you, don't get your hopes up. Is that really the 5% of you like that's conscious right now? No, the 5% of you that was conscious was excited, was like, oh my gosh, yes, someone wants to join, happy dance. The 95% of your coding is what you begin responding to. The subconscious part of you who's had someone in the past, perhaps, say they want to join, then back out. Multiple people maybe in the past have, you know, asked for the link and then backed out. And you carry that. It's stamped in your algorithm. So when the experience comes up again, even though it hasn't even happened yet, you respond to it. So I want you to start thinking of when you have moments of doubt or, or, or moments where you're like, well, where the hell did that come from? Or moments of you can't do it or... Are you sure you can, you can handle that? Or is that too much money? Notice how it's not the 5% of you that's conscious. It's your coding that's speaking to you. And what I like to do when I think about how my coding speaks to me is it's the younger version of me. An example is, let's say I just hired a coach and an email went out to everyone else in a group container that I just joined and not me. And I start to think, wow, this coach doesn't care about me. This coach doesn't see me. This coach doesn't, um, doesn't, doesn't care that I'm in their container. And I start to, to, to think those thoughts, okay? That's not the 5% of me that's like consciously, you know, like if I were to actually think about it and be rational, I'd be like, oh, it just, you know, mistakes happen, things happen. But I'm responding to my stamped algorithm, my coding that exists in my software. There might've been a time when I was a child where I felt left out. I was the kid in the friend group that was the last to know anything. I was the, I was not the, the, the center of attention ever. I was just kind of the friend that people were like, oh crap, we forgot to invite Melanie. So this coding isn't me as an adult going, wow, this coach doesn't care about me. It's, you know, that 11 year old Melanie who was like, they forgot about me. What the heck? Right. It's my response to. 
When we are looking to manifest more money in our businesses, we have to be incredibly aware of what is actually 95% of our coding and what's conscious. And with that 5% of your conscious mind and your conscious being, you have the power to change your algorithm. We see Instagram change their algorithms all the freaking time, right? Why can't you? When we are in the attempt to desire more, to make more, to create more, to have more money, in this case, we carry a lot, a lot of coding, a lot of coding around money. Our algorithms around money are all different. Some of them are the same. Some of them are completely different depending on how you, how you grew up. So an example of some of my coding around money, my algorithm around money is number one, money is never consistent. Money is the controller of money is the, you know, will come in and out when it pleases, but it never wants to stay when things get hard. It's just, you know, money doesn't, doesn't like me. Money doesn't like me. In my family, both my parents really struggled with finances. My dad could never keep a job. Uh, the bills were very rarely ever met. We had a lot of eviction notices, a lot of turning off the water. We had no heat. Like it was, it was very chaotic. And with that algorithm, what we typically do with what we experience in our childhood and via society and conversations we hear is we either mimic the behavior in our coding or we rebel against it. It's either one or the other. In my case and in my family's case, most of my siblings have mimicked their behavior. They're not very good at managing money and they'll admit that, right? They're not really good at the manifestation process, not really good at um, you know, money doesn't love them as much as it loves me. And that's not true because we created money. That's not, that's not even, can't even happen, but it's because I went back and decided to change my algorithm. But one thing that I noticed that I did that was different than my family was I rebelled against what they believed to be true around money. To me, I was determined and I was full of anger to prove them wrong. Like it can't be that hard. Let me show you how it can be done. The issue with that piece of my algorithm is I carried a lot of anger around money. I wanted to prove it wrong. And that can only get you so far, right? It made me rich, but it didn't make me wealthy. So even the things that allow us to make money can still be detrimental to the uh, abundance or manifestation of creating more. So my homework for you this month is I want you to be aware of all the thoughts that you think. All the whispering voices of the 95% of your subconscious that goes, Psh, that person's not going to pay or see, told you that person's late on their payment. They always are. Or you launch something and no one's buying yet. What comes up? Where in your algorithm do you see things popping off? Where do you see things, you know, whispering to you in the middle of the night? Where, where does the anxiousness come from? Where does the panic come from? The issue in your business is not that you're not doing things right or doing things more. It's you're just trying to erase the typo on the piece of paper when you know that that's not how you correct it. You have to go back to the software and change the typo yourself. In manifestation and abundance, in wealth generation, in your wealthy well-being, we have to go back to your algorithm, your coding, and change the typo. So we have multiple layers of this, and especially what lives in the algorithm of your subconscious is number one, you have your family beliefs, what you've heard your family say about money, right? We heard it like auditory. We heard them 
say things about money. Money is the root of all evil. Rich people are yada, yada, yada. Uh, we've heard them say money doesn't grow on trees or you can't have that. Don't be greedy. Whatever, whatever that is. You can't have everything that you want. What did you hear when it came to your family about money? The second piece of this is what did you see? How did you see your family manage their money? Were they big savers? Did they really preach about you have to save for a rainy day? Uh, were they always cutting corners to, to, to have more cash? Were they big spenders? Were they uh, people who really enjoyed to, whenever money came in, they spent it immediately? Uh, was there a lot of control with money? I have a lot of clients whose parents would control them. They'd buy them things and hold it over their head. And so they felt very powerless when it came to money. And, and money scared them because money always made them feel confined or less than. What did you see your parents do? And then what we often don't look at is what did you see from society? I'm really big on this piece because this this work has changed my my world because uh, like I told you guys in a previous episode, growing up, like entrepreneurship was you invented a toaster. There's like no such thing as like, you're an online coach and you help people and change their lives and help them make more money. In my real life, people, my, I don't think my husband even knows what I do for a living, right? Like they're not, they're, they, don't, they don't know the depths of this work. So what have we seen society tell you about money? What did society tell you about money? Growing up, my mom loved, 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 loved reality TV. She still does. And the shows like The Real Housewives or um, there was one, The Desperate Housewives. She loved anything housewife related. And in 99.99% of those shows, they did it the, and I'm using air quotes here, the old school way. They married rich. And the single moms or the ones who didn't have a spouse were always the ones that were living humbly, right? They, they weren't, there was never a rich housewife who got rich on her own. It was always because of a divorce. They, they inherited money or, or whatever the case was. They're born into wealth. And so growing up, all I saw as an example of, of wealth was you marry it, right? And, and I don't want to marry rich. I want to be rich. So growing up, that was the only way I saw to ever have money was to marry money. Or somehow win the lottery and inherit it. I don't know. Which wasn't really in my cards. The second thing is I watched how society uh, showed a wealthy woman. So you'll hear me say this. In Magnetic Money Moves, we talk about this a lot. Is what society has implanted in your subconscious. Because again, as children, you're just absorbing and absorbing and absorbing. Very rarely do you ever say, oh, I don't really like that narrative. I want to change it. But in growing up as, as children, as young girls, it was, we were always saved by the Prince Charming, right? There was never a successful princess who, who just became wealthy on her own, right? It was always, she had to go through something, marry someone, whatever that case was. And I think about examples of wealthy women is like mean girls, for example, and the Regina George is, is the richest one of the group and she's an asshole. We see the movie, The Devil Wears Prada, and she is the Meryl Streep is highly successful, but divorced multiple times. I think she was on her third, second or third divorce in the movie. So subconsciously, we're watching all of these movies portray rich women. And we, we, that stamps in our algorithm because what happens is in our businesses, we start to fear success. We start to fear money. Subconsciously, we make moves. We play small. We don't really go for it. 
Um, we will keep ourselves in our energetic wealthy threshold. We'll only make a certain amount of money. This is why we always like stay stuck in certain income levels is because we're frightened. I don't want to be divorced multiple times and have no one love me. I don't want to be a cold hearted bitch because I make a lot of money. And for a long time, I wanted to be the mother Teresa. I wanted to be the, I give everything to everyone and I'm praised for it, right? I'm wealthy in love because I give my soul away to everyone else and don't get anything else in return in terms of compensation. And that didn't work at all or ever. And it doesn't ever really work that way for anybody. And it's just a, it's a subconscious belief that in order to be a respected woman, you have to give everything and get nothing in return. And that if you do have boundaries, desire to have more, hold more, be more, you're an asshole. And the reason why we birthed the Rich Man podcast and the I'm a Rich Man brand is because we really want to change the perception of what a wealthy woman looks like. And part of this is the coding piece, the algorithm, the 95% that's subconscious in your brain. One conversation that Matt and I have often is how we're going to raise our children. We're in the place in our marriage where we want to have a gazillion kids. And uh, we talk about, because my husband came from a family that, that did well. Like they had a family company. They, they knew wealth. They spent money. They didn't know what being hungry was like. So him and I come from very different backgrounds, very different codings, but still have issues around abundance sometimes. We have issues when it comes to manifestation. We have hangups because we're trying to erase the piece of paper with, a, with an eraser versus just change the coding. So we talk about often how interesting it'll be the work that I do that in multiple generations, my children's children's generations, what if their coding has like the coding I have in my 95% subconscious and my algorithm around wealth is the complete opposite of what they experience. Like when they have children, they're like, I don't even know what any of that is. Like a wealthy woman is perceived differently. Like says who I want to change that narrative. But first in order for you to have more, to attract more, to manifest more money in your life and in your business, you have to look at what you believe to be true, where you're triggered, where you're responding from, because it's not that money doesn't like you or that you're not good enough or any of the things. It's, it's only because you're limiting yourself because you're not aware of where it's happening. Do you fear success? Do you, do you have, do you hold a lot of anger or resentment around money subconsciously because that's been your driving force since you were a child? You want to be the exact opposite of money or you don't want to out earn your wealthy family because they had to work really hard, but it comes easier for you. Is there guilt around that? When we start to update, change the typos in our algorithm redefine what it looks like for us, how we want to see it, how we want to look at it, how we want to respond to it. The 5% conscious version of you is going to be like, whoa, now I see where that came from. I want to change that. Even the smallest moments in our childhood, we will see that we carry a lot of coding around moments that have happened to us. So in order to change to manifest more, to do more, we have to, again, not erase the piece of paper. We need to go back to the algorithm. So what I want you to do for the month of February is I want you to be vigilant. I want you to pay so much freaking attention to your thoughts, to how you respond to certain things, 
it's never, we often fear in business that it's like the big moments in our throw us off, throw us off course. Like we're going to lose all of our money or we're going to, everyone is going to stop buying from us or our whatever. We always fear the big moments when in reality, it's never the big moments that really throw us off or, or block our abundance threshold and what we're able to manifest. It's the little moments. It's where we go when someone doesn't buy right away. It's where we go when a client is late on a payment. It's where we go when we feel fear around raising our prices. Those are the little moments that add up to big moments. Those are little clogs in the system that we have to, to update. And in order to do so, we have to go back to where it originated. We have to go back to where it began. And where it began was where we heard it, where we saw it, where we felt it, where we believed it to be true, and where we stamped it into our algorithm. The craziest thing to me when it comes to money is we created money. Money is our middleman. Money is the thing that we use to get to where we want to go. That's it. Money is not the thing. Money is the in-between And for whatever reason, and in society, someone must have convinced a slew of people that this was true, that money is the thing that we desire. It's not money, the thing that we desire. It's the thing that gets us to the thing that we actually desire, right? Like, I don't want to just have and look at a bunch of stacks of cash. Great. You know what I mean? Like, what what am I going to do with a bunch of stacks of cash? I want to buy a cabin. I want to travel to Europe. I want to buy my dream house, build my dream house. So it's not really the money that I seek. It's the desire, the outcome, the manifestation that's printed hard copy. That's, that's what I'm desiring to have. In order to have that, the middleman of money is required. But we make the mistake of, and in our coding, this is rang true, our parents have always seen money, most of us, if not all, our parents have seen money as the thing, the ruler of all, the evil thing, the thing that's never consistent, the blah, 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 when it's not. It's who we be that attracts the middleman. And then we are the ones who have the thing that we desire once we exchange the money for the thing. So month of February, be hyper aware of where your brain goes. And when you hear things like, that person forgot about me, that person, go back. That's not the you now. That's somewhere in your algorithm. Dig deep. Go, huh, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought that I just had. I wonder where it originated. And then go back in time, pinpoint the, the five-year-old you who felt like no one gave a shit and show that five-year-old you some love. So an example of how this works is if the feeling of that, see, I just spend this much money on a coach and she clearly doesn't care about me because she forgot about me and I start to spiral, I, my conscious self will be like, whoa, that's a pretty big thought that I just felt. I wonder, I wonder where that came from. Let's go back in time. Where have I felt that before? I was 11 years old and my friends always left me out. This is a story that I carry. It's stamped in my algorithm. I just carry this with me in business and it's why it sabotages me every time. Okay, can I show my 11-year-old self some love? Can I talk to my 11-year-old self and let her know that, listen, it may feel like that, but it's not always true, right? I see you, you're loved, you're enough, you're beautiful. People love to be around you. They're honored to be in your space. And that's truth. So then the next time something like that happens, am I going to respond the same way? Maybe, but not as strong. Because the way the algorithm works is like, imagine like a violent like wave, right? Like it's 
really up and down. It's, it's, it's very loud. It's very rough. And then eventually that, that evens out, it becomes mellow. The, the wave of that algorithm and, or that emotion kind of, kind of almost hits like a, like a zero. It's just slowly, slowly pacing itself out. That's how we change the subconscious. That's how we change our algorithm. That's how we go back to the software, the Google doc sheet and change the typo. You are so damn powerful and you don't even know it. And if you do know it, awesome. Because this month is going to be freaking fantastic when we launch Magnetic Money Moves, open up enrollment for that program. I'm so freaking stoked. The money work has changed my life because when I realized that I had absolute power over money, my business exploded. The clients whom I attract it changed significantly. I can't even, I, when I'm in a room with my family members who still have a very broke mindset, it's like, I feel, I'm just like, whoa, I live in a different dimension than them. The kind of income where you're like, how the hell do you have six figure months? And like, huh? You know, like imagine walking to a room and be like, raise your hand here. Like with normal people, raise your hand here. If you've made a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars a month, everyone'd be like, what? What do you, what do you mean? Like, we don't realize how insane that number is. 10 grand a month is insane. So spend February, spend this month, spend every month, just being hyper aware of where your mind goes, what you're responding to, the stamps in your algorithm. And I'm going to tell you, your life will change. It starts there. February is going to be fan freaking tastic. I cannot wait to dive a little bit deeper into the money conversation with you on next week's podcast, but I cannot wait to talk to you about raising your prices, who you attract and how my clients have time and time and time again, seen how their money mindset and how it has implanted themselves and embedded in their businesses, how we change that to truly manifest and attract the abundance that you desire. Until next time, my friend, you are beautiful. You smell lovely and I love you to the moon and back.